Welcome to Dr. Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard ranked ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Grandmasters and Master Swordcaster, Dragon Rider, and of course, Major Death. And all of you who are live with us, you know, we are live with special guests, Ridiculous Hat. How you doing, Hat? Doing all right. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on here. Well, it's about time. Only took 160 episodes. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We're, yes. we're super excited about this. I know it's something that like we all kind of have been talking about for a while, and uh, and we said it on last week's show, but Mage definitely didn't want to uh, to miss, especially when we had Hat on. So we're so happy. Yes, I'm, that, I'm, uh... I'm fanboying out right now a little bit, Hat. I don't know. I mean, we've right. met in person, but it still feels a little, you know. So. We met in person. We've hung out on your stream. You know, it's good. It's good to it's good to be here. Good to hang out with my friends. It's nice. <laughs> Welcome. This is this is my relaxation podcast after the more after the angry chicken earlier today, which was you know, that's the that's the job podcast. The fun podcast. <laughs> exactly. You're just here to chat. You don't no responsibility. Once once that record button, you hit it that second time, you're good to go. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay. Well, let us go into last week's poll question. So what did we have last week? Yeah, so last week's poll question, we asked you, do you think Sire Denathrius will appear in a tier three or better deck during murder at Castle Nathria meta? We had 22 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with 63.6%, said yes this card is going to find its way into a into a reasonably decent deck during the uh murder at Castle Nathria meta. I'm I'm surprised that that number ended up being that high. I don't think we were quite as sold on whether or not that would actually be the case. Uh 27.3% of you said you weren't sure and only 9.1% said no this 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 ain't going to happen. I think we gave I mean, a little bit of flexibility saying tier three. If we'd have said like tier one, it probably would have been. This poll is asking, will Drew would be playable? Probably. probably. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I assume they Drew will be they playable. They didn't nerf Guff, have they? Or it's If they don't nerf Scale of Anixia, that is the important card. That is true. Yeah. With within views coming, that is definitely true. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That is quite the combination, isn't it? I mean, Druid and Scale of Anixia is quite the combination because that's the reason the deck has been good since they printed the card. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, obviously, but yeah, I mean, I, I was just observing that, uh, with infuse is very interesting because it's something you can like cash in like immediately, essentially if you have infuse cards in your hand. So, all right. So we will have another poll question for you guys at the end of the episode. Um, so before we go into the news, let's just do the quick obligatory introduction of our guest, Mr. Ridiculous hat. Uh, just give us a little background on who you are, how you got into Hearthstone, 
and a little bit about yourself in general for those of those people out there who may not know you and have been living under the rock a rock for the past like six years. <laughs> so I had this well, is this is if my parents happen to be listening for the first time ever. Okay. They could they could, you could ex, ex, tell them who you are because they would be probably okay. the only people. So thank you so much for tuning in, Mr. and Mrs. Adeth. I'm glad you were able to catch the show. Um, so I, I, this is a difficult question because people always ask, like, how did you build this media presence? I have no idea. I just tweeted a lot. So I, I was, a uh, you know, quasi pro is how I phrase it in magic. I was a, a young man who spent way too much time, money and energy on magic instead of things like staying in college. Um, magic was more important to me at the time. Wouldn't say it was the best use of my time, but things worked out okay. Um, and I got a job at a large movie theater chain. Uh, I still work for them today, and we are busy on nights and weekends, and all the magic tournaments are nights and weekends, so I couldn't do that. So, kind of stepped back in a major way from that scene, uh, and then I ended up, when Hearthstone came out, it's like, oh, this looks cool. Played some of that. You know, I was playing Magic Online, which is a terrible, terrible program. Please don't do that. Um, and then Hearthstone came out, and I was like, all right, this is fun. And then Hearthstone came out in mobile, I was like, you know, this could be my game. So I sold one Magic Online deck, and then I bought Hearthstone, like all of it, at the time. Um, because <laughs> people think Hearthstone's an expensive card game. Oh, boy. You just, there's, there's a whole world out there that uh, is best is not really covered by the scope of this show. So, got into it, um, and Hearthstone, you all know this, the social environment of Hearthstone lives on Twitter and Discords, but back then it was mostly Twitter before Discord had really blown up. Uh, there were a bunch of, like, fledgling communities of old Magic players, and just, you know, generally, uh, it, it's a place where you could just say what you wanted to about the game, and there was probably someone listening, so... Tweeted a lot, talked a lot, got a guest spot on 1600 Dust, because those guys were also big on Twitter back at the time. First podcast appearance I was on. Um, and then uh, I talked enough that is like, hey, Cora, she's really awesome. She got a job casting events, so she's not going to be around. We need someone slightly less awesome. It's like, do I have you covered? <laughs> so I subbed in. Um, and it ended up working out pretty well. Have been on that show since three weeks before Ungoro came out, so it's been a minute now, been a little while, uh, and then, I don't know, I just kept on talking and built up a, a Twitter presence, got uh, got involved with Vicious Syndicate during COVID, you know, had more time to do Hearthstone stuff because the movie theater industry kind of took a year off there and, uh, you know, then went back when people weren't ready for it. But that's also neither here nor there. Um, but in that downtime, I was able to start a podcast with Vicious Syndicate because I'd been working with them for a while. It took off pretty quickly. And also I got to jump on uh, The Angry Chicken, which is a podcast that I listened to for years when I was first getting into Hearthstone in the scene. And then, you know, years and years later, they were looking for a host. And I ended up being uh, the person they asked, which is total honor. So, you know. I'm just, I'm there, I've guessed it on, well, now that I'm here, I've collected all the Infinity Stones, I think, you're one of my last ones, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I don't know, whenever there are takes to be found on, uh, in the Takos here, I'm usually orbiting around them in some way, but my big perspective on Hearthstone is, I, I'm not a full-time content creator, my job 
covers my bills and expenses or whatever. I play Hearthstone because I want to play Hearthstone. I think there are a lot of people out there that are really invested in the game, but also uh, are it's a pretty hard niche to break into, but even harder to break out of. Because if you were a full-time content creator or streamer because of Hearthstone, if you switch games, people don't switch with you. Even if you switch modes within the client, people don't always switch with you from Hearthstone to Battlegrounds or Battlegrounds to Hearthstone or whatever. Um, so a lot of people... I don't think Hearthstone's a good job. When you play it every single day, or five days a week, eight eight hours a day, I don't think it's a very fun job. So I don't treat it as my job. When I don't want to play it, I don't want to. I don't play it. I talk about it frequently because I like talking to my friends. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm on all my other shows. Uh, but when I don't want to play it, I don't play it. But I like the decisions the team generally makes around the game, and I have fun with the game, and I have for seven years now, something like that. So I always find myself coming back to it. I really enjoy what the team does and even though every meta isn't necessarily for me i think the direction the game goes in and the the process the team uses to decide what to do usually aligns with what i'm looking for uh so i've been a part of the ecosystem here for almost a decade and i don't see that stopping anytime soon yeah i i can't imagine a hearthstone scene without you so yeah thank you all right. So I, I do I do have one actual question that I did come up with that I, I was kind of curious about because I don't know if I've heard you talk to this yet. By the way, um, you're coming up on 100 episodes of Vicious Syndicate. So like all of your shows have been around and you've been doing them for quite a while. So it speaks to how long and how um, – entrenched sounds like a bad word here but it's not meant to be a bad word here but i think we can take you, both the upside and the downside connotations there, and <laughs> there you go. Both. yeah do you do you have aspirations to go beyond where you are in the community like you you've seen all of these content creators and pro players that have you know made the jump to blizzard or they've gone and done some other things i i'm i was just curious i guess if you had aspirations beyond where you currently are kind of in the community, which is a pretty nice spot was... in the community, I think. Thank you. Yes, I think so, too. If there was the right spot, then sure. But the thing about Blizzard is they're a software company, and I don't know anything about making software. So, you know, I've gone through some interview processes with them. Like, I'm not going to hide that. Uh, but a lot of the... A lot of my skills are in management, which is important and helpful. But managing people versus managing software similar but not the same and you kind of need to know how to do things and i don't know how to do any of those things in the software side so i also don't have any design experience i have a lot of opinions which you know are easy to share in retrospect when you look at a finished card file and be like oh can't they see this but that's very different than making things up um which is what you have to do in design so you know i would talk to them about it uh i'm i'm pretty well connected with a lot of people inside team five and i'm very happy with my relationship there and i you know i would think about it i would talk through it but i'm also not in a i don't have a burning desire to get into game dev i would not want to work in game dev i'd want to work in hearthstone uh the team particularly because i know and like the people there in the decision making process and that usually means i think probably not worth going into the industry if i don't want to work in the industry i just want to be involved with people that work in a specific mm -hmm. product um but you know if the right spot came up i wouldn't say no that's yeah i think that's a, <laughs> i think that's a great explanation too because if you don't want to be in game dev and this is the only thing you'd work on well then what happens if you end up wanting to make another move then where do you go from there 
because you just spent a whole bunch of time in game dev. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Like, what happens if, say, some giant company, I don't know, like Microsoft buys out Blizzard, and then for some reason the Hearthstone team changes? I don't know what would happen there. So, you know, maybe now is not the best time to be a person with aspirations and no experience trying to jump onto a team of a company that may very well be absorbed. So I, I don't know. It's, I I haven't, when I was younger, I tried to plot out the course of where my life was going to go for all of it. I have realized as I've gotten older and lived through a pandemic and, you know, just being a grown up, it's not really worth doing that. So I'll leave the door open, but I'm not going to try and say what's behind it, you know? Yeah. Well, I wasn't necessarily suggesting that it would just be Blizzard. I know you do right. writing on PC gaming. You, you there's, you are in lots of different places. Got your hands doing lots of different things. And I, I was just, I guess, curious if one of those things was maybe calling you a little bit more than it currently gets to call on you. And and so if you saw any sort of shift going on, the the joke tends to be anytime a new CCG or or some cool game comes up, that ridiculous ad is going to do a podcast for it. Obviously, you know, I that's not necessarily going to happen. But like, you know, there's, you you've got friends that uh, have created like content you know, networks and done a, a multitude of shows and things like that. I didn't know if some of that sort of thing would be, would have been something that maybe you would entertain or, or something you've thought about a little bit. Yeah. I'm pretty personally opposed to full-time content creation as a job. Um, it can work for, for some people. Some people do it very well. Uh, I do not have the focus to really resist the impulses of whether or not I want to or don't want to play something and making my income dependent on a video game means turning my hobby into a job, which means I ruin my hobby and I ruin my job. Uh, and I don't really want to do that. So uh, I, you know, I live in New York city. It's, I have a mortgage. I don't want my W2 to be all 1099 income. That's also based on how much I like a metagame. Um, I'm okay with my day job being a normal crappy day job like not crappy but you know it's it's not exciting i pick up trash with my hands sometimes like you know what are you gonna do um but that makes the leisure time so much more enjoyable and also i get to decide what that is instead of saying well i better wake up and kick the stream on and uh play a bunch more big spell mage because what if i don't want to play big spell mage i like yeah. my hobby staying my hobby um i probably do too much right now my time is probably overburdened i say probably my wife would say definitely but you know uh that's why i avoid taking on more podcasts no marvel snap podcast i will guest on your marvel snap show i will not start my own uh but <laughs> but i uh you know, i like the extracurriculars i like the role that i play currently but also i want to make sure that i'm protective of my own time and that my leisure activities stay leisure activities because your job is something that no matter what it is, you're going to resent at some point, and I don't want to resent the thing that currently brings me joy because that sounds like a really fast way to ruin a hobby uh, in a way that it served me so well for seven years. I don't want that to end. Very well, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Very thorough answer. <laughs> it's exactly what I, I would that. expect. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, I've got a question. Okay, let's keep going. To that. Okay, so... Uh, yes, sad is sometimes hard to hear <laughs> as somebody who has 
turned, you know, Hearthstone yeah. into my full-time job. I was not <laughs> subtweeting you, Don. I promise <laughs> oh, I was no. not subtweeting no, you the whole time. You're good. You're good. No, it's... It, it, it is tough. And there have been times where, like, I don't like the meta necessarily. Or I feel immense pressure to log in and play. Or I feel that immense pressure to log in and, oh, I have to be legend. I have to, you know, get on and I have to have good ranks. I have to not misplay, you know, because that's going to drop, like, you know, drop people in if I'm good ranks. And if I make mistakes, then, oh, no, now chat hates me and they're pointing out all my misplays and uh, now people are leaving the stream. Like, that That definitely is not a great feeling sometimes. But uh, I really liked how you're talking about kind of that balance of, you're kind of keeping it separated. And I think that a lot of people, at least when they're kind of getting into content, they tend to kind of live in that same sense of they have their daytime job and then they try to do some content. Uh, but my question for you is, do you have a piece of advice for somebody who wants to try to do essentially like what you're doing in terms of splitting your time between work and doing some content? I, I know you just said you're you're probably doing a little bit too much, but is there a piece of advice for somebody who maybe wants to try that and see how they can do with doing a little bit of both? Do fewer than three podcasts. Um, okay, so I have, yes, I have plenty of advice here. So I'm, we're PG-13 show, right? It's, I'm, yes. I'm, okay. Yeah. So to channel the angry angry chicken... I do not give a cluck about your rank. Your rank should not matter even a little bit because it, if you if you are becoming a streamer or content creator, you are building a personal brand. You need a reason for me to watch you, and that reason is not your rank unless you are rank one all the time always, and then as soon as you stop being rank one, I'm going to stop watching you. Com- uh, competitive strength is not a brand. Unless you are, there are very, very few people in the world where just the strength of their play is the only thing that matters. I think Dog stands out as someone that's in Hearthstone and the Hearthstone BGs. Just the way he plays the game is different from other people. And also really, really, like, he's just better at games than most people are. So I watch his Battlegrounds videos all the time because I just can't move that fast or think that fast or make those things happen. But the vast majority of people that you watch, you watch them because of something about their personality or something about what they offer. And who's the most popular Hearthstone streamer? Probably Crip, right? He's not for competitive sense. He's just Crip. You watch because he's Crip. So you need to build a brand. You need to have a reason that I watch you, a reason that I pay attention to you. It has to be different from a reason why I watch somebody else, and you have to be able to tell me what it is. And if you can't build a brand, then you do not have content. You have a stream, and that is fundamentally different and not enough to get you anywhere. Uh, uh, I think someone that's done a great job of building a brand, even though I don't agree with every single step along the way, is Zeddy. His YouTube channel is enormous, and it's just talking there is zero gameplay in a stream you look at regis kilbin's youtube channel huge youtube channel and there's very very little gameplay there is a couple gameplay videos here and there but you end up looking at uh, a lot of custom cards and and same day news and that sort of thing uh if you go to kibler he plays bad decks with giant dragons and then somehow wins anyways because he's brian kibler so i don't know uh, I I think that the your competitive ability or the strength of your average play or your rank is one of the least important things. 
first you need a, a base level of technological understanding. Does your stream look and sound bearable? Because if it doesn't, people just turn off. Doesn't matter what everything else is. Uh, and secondly, is there a reason to watch you? And if there is a reason to watch you, then I'm staying. And that's you need to come up with some kind of appeal, some kind of draw that you have uh, as an individual. That's yeah, great points. And I, I also want to just uh, real quick, like pivot off of that as well. I think even if you're somebody who doesn't really want to stream or do videos, there are other ways to create content and be involved. I mean, Hat, you said initially you started by just posting a bunch on Twitter. I think looking at people like Ben Harstone. He doesn't stream or do oh, videos. Oh, I love that guy. Is, right? Like, everybody loves him. He is He's huge popular. on Instagram. His hearth share on Instagram is like 20,000 yeah. followers. It's yeah. enormous. So so he has kind of utilized sharing other people, sharing the knowledge, sharing little details about the game, about artwork, about cards, about, you know, whatever is going on, news-related things. Um, that's kind of what he has been doing. And I think even Sidisi hunter specialist uh he does stream once or twice a week but he is i would say probably even more known for his consistent hunter posts and analysis on twitter and those seem to be doing pretty well for him so like i i, I love that advice of you know finding kind of what it is that you are offering and even if you feel like you don't want to offer streams or you don't really want to be on camera or something like that then there definitely are other avenues and uh, it's just a matter of finding what you want to do and how you want to you know, give that, give that to people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I stream gameplay three days a year ish. Uh, it's launch day <laughs> of every expansion. Mm -hmm. I open my packs. We keep track of the luckiest card backs, which is very important. It's usually food based ones, but also <laughs> that's probably because I only pick food based card backs. Yeah, it doesn't matter um and then we play a bunch of games with a bunch of different decks and over the years i've looked at those streams the number of people that show up gets bigger over time but it is nowhere near a reliable source of income for me i do podcasts i write articles and i tweet sometimes sometimes a lot of times i mean and a that lot is, of times yes <laughs> yes and that is the source of the content i add none of that is consistent youtube uploads or stream uploads um and something that Don, you've learned this working with YouTube. Video editing is a pain in the butt. It takes forever, probably three yeah. to four times the duration of the video that you want to post at minimum, if not longer. Yeah, I mean, depending on the quality that you want to put into the editing and how many things you want to put into the editing, there's been times where I've spent six hours editing a one and a half minute long video. And, you know, then that yeah. one and a half minute long video will get like 10 views. And I'm like, wow, that did not feel like <laughs> like that effort was worth it. Uh, but, you know, it's that's another thing, too, where, yeah, I've recently got, a, you know, somebody to help me do my editing for me. But that's also because I find editing super boring. And so I would put it off because I didn't want to do it and I hated it. And then I just wouldn't do it. And then I wasn't consistent. So, you know, <laughs> I've managed okay, I will, I will spend the bit of money to save me that time and that, that pressure and headache. Yeah. Okay. I just said I'm not going to do YouTube, but YouTube is, there's yeah, a huge yeah. audience there. It just, you got to be prepared for the time investment. You got to do it like every day. Dexter put out a video a while ago on the economics of doing YouTube. He said his first year, he put out a video every single day for his first year, and I think his total income for that entire year was 1000 US dollars. Uh, for like Ooh. a 365 day period because it's 
it is not a job until it's like until unless it's a hobby first and it's a really really time intensive hobby that you have to treat like a job so yeah it is yeah i don't have the focus or the time for it but much respect for the people that do don i'm looking at you that's that wasn't a subject yes, i'm explicitly exactly. saying much respect to you <laughs> thank you thank you I'll, I'll stick to streaming and, and podcasting that's it's good for me uh okay do you have any other questions for hat before news well, it's a good thing. We don't have a lot of news, so <laughs> <laughs> we, no. All right. we, have, we have some time padded into this. So, <clears throat> all right, news. All right, community theory crafting event scheduled for July 21st at 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, about a dozen content creators have the, that have announced they will be participating. Shout out to Dragon Rider. She will be participating. Yay! Yay! Yay, I'm so excited. I just, I, I do want to touch on this and one more thing super quick too about this. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I love, love, love this theme of this expansion. I know I kind of mentioned it like on last week's episode. I think it was, but uh, like murder mysteries, whodunits, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like I have loved since probably I was a kid and I'm so excited for like the whole theme of this. Like I said, a couple of years ago, my husband and I, like, we bought two copies of Clue, like the board game Clue, and we turned the second copy into a whole expansion and doubled the size of the game, like, because we loved it so much. And, like, I am just, I'm so, so excited for this. And uh, even so that I, I also was like, hey, Amber Flight Gaming Team, let's do our own uh, murder mystery thing. So on our AFG TikTok, we've... Uh, we put out the intro so far that I recorded, and then we have various members who are going to be uh, different suspects. And uh, we have the the wonderful Baystink. She's writing a lot of the, the lines and the story and stuff. So we're going to be posting that throughout the next couple of weeks. And it's just, it's so much fun. And I, I love this theme and I'm so excited. So like, I'm extra excited that I get to be part of this theory crafting. And I, I think some of the cards are looking really cool too. So like the theme and all of this. I'm just, yay. I'm so excited. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, Leo Robles. Is that how you, Robles? I don't know how you pronounce that. Robles. Robles. Clarifies Imp King Rafam works with previous imps, whether they have imp in their name or not. Some of those include Imprisoned Homunculus, Tiny Knight of Evil, Ring Matron, and others. Yeah, oh, but the homunculus does have imp in the name. Imp prison. Imprisoned. Yes. yes, it does have imp in the name. Okay, but yeah, there's so there's like a a dozen different cards. He just basically got barraged on yeah. Twitter. Is this card? Is this card? Is this card gonna work with with the uh, the resummoning that Imp King Rafam has? And uh, so in the article, you can see all of the. All the imps uh, and demons that will uh, work with Imp King Rafam. Okay. Yeah, there aren't too many that are in standard. I think we have... I think Tiny Knight of Evil is in core? Yeah, it, that I sounds right. that one is in core. Mm -hmm. I thought Ring yeah. Matron was too, but I don't know for sure. Ring Matron rotated. That was Dark Moon okay, Fair. Yeah, um, Dark, Moon Dark Alley Pact is in standard. Doesn't come up very much, but you could make a big imp with Dark Alley Pact. Uh, 
And, I mean, you know, they did get two mana sprints, so you can have a bunch of cards in hand. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Continuing on. Another new Fire Festival constructed bundle available in the shop. You have the Fire, Tamer, Fire Tamers bundle for 25 USD. A new Fire Flower Lunara Druid skin, tier 2. A Spark Spinner Nemzi Warlock skin, tier 2. And Juggler Morgul Shaman skin, tier 2. Plus three packs for each of those uh, three classes. The things I say when I read the news, <laughs> I'm just like trying to get those strain of words out. Spark Spinner Nemzi. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, BlizzCon to come back as a in-person event in 2023. Uh, Mike Ibarra shared in an interview with the Los Angeles Times, quote from the article, we previously announced we'd be taking a pause on BlizzCon while we reimagine it for the future, but do want to return to a live event that enables to celebrate with the community. We recently hired a new leader of BlizzCon, April McKee, who is hard at work at that plan. We are committed to bringing back BlizzCon in 2023. BlizzCon's back. Woo. So... That's going to be nice. That's a, a remnant that it's kind of, it, it's missed. And I feel like I'm at the point in my life where I have the means. I can, I can make it to BlizzCon. I will shoot for that 2023. So this is exciting news to, to, to hear it coming back. So, all right. Tournaments. Dragon, what do we have for Tournaments. Yeah, so uh, don't have a huge tournament segment this week. Uh, pretty much just wanted to let everybody know that the Grandmasters Last Call, the final Grandmasters season, will be starting next week, starting Friday, July 22nd. Uh, they, as far as I've seen, they haven't posted any like broadcast details or anything yet, so... I'm sure we'll hear something about that pretty soon, but they did put like a, a little blog post out basically just saying that that is coming. And uh, I believe in that initial announcement post that they made like what at the end of last year or something or super early this year that uh, it was only going to be four weeks long. So mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of interesting, but it it's going to put uh, the what top four of each region from the initial season of Grandmasters uh, versus four, I think. Is it the four uh, top point earners from the uh, actual Masters tours? So that's pretty interesting. I'm really curious to see how they actually kind of divvy that up amongst the, the 16 players there. And we're going to see how they do. I'm, I'm curious. To see how some of these Grandmasters do who maybe haven't played in the Grandmasters season. But I'm sure they've still been competing in the Masters Tours. And it'll just be exciting to have another kind of competitive thing to to watch on top of everything else that's been going on. So yeah, uh, hopefully we'll have like actual more details and, and times and all of that kind of stuff next week. But uh, I'll, I'll update next week with, with that once we know everything. I know I know Grandmasters going away is better for the players, but I do miss the seven weeks of being able to like come down and just have it on in the background while I'm working for like 
14 weeks out of my year and like i miss that i i i know i understand that it's better and healthier for the overall environment of the competitive scene i just wanted to say out loud that i miss that and um i was sad to see grandmasters go in that regard but i'm happy that the players are getting something that's uh a bit more accessible and less grindy for them so Back to you, Dragon Rider. I just wanted to interject that. <laughs> no. Anybody have any other thoughts or anything they wanted to share for tournaments or Grandmasters? Nope. The, the Grand, Grandmasters last call, the weird one. Yeah. That is the subtitle <laughs> yeah. of this season. Much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mind what Grandmasters has been this year because at least it's interesting and different, mm -hmm. but also you can only do this once because it only works if you were then immediately decommissioning Grandmasters. Correct. Um, you know, they need to put more money in BGs because it's clear that BGs is burgeoning and also super undersupported right now. Um, and I want to see more of that streamed and uh, like when the broadcasts happen i want them to be interesting and fun i didn't mind the routine broadcast but they got kind of boring when the meta didn't change all that much uh and also it clearly was really hard in the competitors yeah uh, so something in between would be nice if there was a mm -hmm. monthly event or even every other every couple weeks but you know can't win them all you can either have spot tournaments that are great or you can have a league that is fine uh, and I think the spot tournament decision is better. I agree a hundred percent. I'm <laughs> the BG stuff's really good too. Uh, the check, the check meta is like one of the most interesting formats I've seen in a competitive situation. I think it's really cool. So. Yeah, I think it's been really cool to watch just how like the, the broadcast side and the like co-streams have gone for battlegrounds. I think it's kind of cool that they've at least been like testing that in a way and that maybe we'll see something like that for standard, you know, maybe I I'm hoping that they at least try to do a little bit more stuff like that. I think that's, that's been something that's been pretty cool for the community and being able to give people who can co-stream or, you know, even try to do their own casting and that kind of stuff, uh, opportunity. And they're still kind of featured cause they at least get put in the blog posts. So I think that's been something really cool that I've enjoyed from the, the battleground stuff. And I'd love to see that continue to grow and maybe some of that, that they, they see, uh, well kind of, you know, head over into standard as well. Plus the, this year's, you know, the end of this year is when the uh, YouTube contract goes away. Right. So we might see some more uh, standard stuff, come back to Twitch or who knows what they're going to do, but we'll see. All right. Okay. New cards. New cards. There's so many new cards. And you know what's crazy? Like, the, I think the most nutty part about this is that we still, like, don't even know very many cards, it feels like. We know quite a few. But there's still so mm -hmm. many more to be revealed. And I, I'm i pretty excited. I kind of like the pace that they've been releasing stuff at. But I'm sure it's going to start to speed up really fast over the next... Uh, week and a half because i think all of the cards are probably going to be announced within the next two weeks from today at the latest today's uh tuesday the 12th i would guess well theory crafting probably... is the 21st right 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm part of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The thing you're doing, yeah. you'll have all the cards. I'll yeah. Have all the card. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, we'll know all the cards in the next week then. Holy. Okay. Eight and a half days. Yeah. So Cal- the calendar they're going to be just doing... like shrunk on me. What happened? <laughs> they're doing. Well, the, the theory crafting is a little earlier than usual, I feel. Um, but yes. they're doing like. Uh, the, to, starting today or yesterday, it's just like five, six reveals a day, which are not just single cards. They're like packages of cards. They took it really, really slow with the locations. Last week, we got like one card a day, drip feed. And some of those reveals, they gave us a card without giving us a card, right? Because the Demon Hunter location, um, we technically saw it, <laughs> but no, it didn't. didn't make anything clear. <laughs> it, it could yeah. just say, blah, 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 do a demon hunter, blah, blah, blah. That's basically yeah, what it says. Check Fino's stream next week so you'll know what this actually does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see. I think they should have probably put a different card there. But now this week, we're just hitting the gas and going full speed ahead. And I'm very excited to see all the different things that they're showing us in groups. We are yeah. full speed ahead right now, and I can't believe we have eight days. Like, there's what forty three cards for, or was that forty seven? Uh, yeah, so forty seven. Yeah, forty seven. Is, is yeah. that including? I think there was one that was revealed like an hour before we started this tonight. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, maybe he's okay. just shaking his head. Yes, so forty seven cards revealed, and like I said, then eight days <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to reveal. Uh, the rest of the 135 that we haven't seen yet. So that's 10 cards a day? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It it definitely is a lot. Uh, So going to be interesting. And you talked about, okay, we have, yes, kind of all of the locations. We're still, you know, by the time that everybody is hearing this on audio, we'll know what relics are and i'm sure it'll make a lot more sense for that demon hunter one but uh so far we've only seen nine of the ten suspects those legendaries for the classes so uh that's that's pretty interesting they've kind of been pacing the locations and the suspects and really spreading those out which is uh kind of been cool i think we want to talk about it's a new some card of type the... it makes sense to let it breathe yeah do we want to talk about some of these new uh, legendary minions because some of these those some of the the five that we've seen over the last week have been really cool we 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 talked a little bit about imp king rafam earlier six mana six six battle cry resurrect four friendly imps infuse five give your imps plus two plus two that seems that seems really cool i i i love Flame Imp. Zulok was like the first deck that I played in Hearthstone. And I, I've got a picture of Imp Gang Boss on my wall. And it's just like, I want to be playing Imps. And I think Imps tend to, they for the most part have not been particularly good outside of Flame Imp. There's been occasional ones that are good. But I would love to see... Uh, an an imp king rafam deck that's like a zoo deck that has a bunch of imps and then leverages re, leverages the uh, maybe the location and some of the things that are that are going on there but i i'm really excited about that one yeah i mean we've we what they're doing a lot in uh, they've done this a lot in both voyage and this set they're not really giving us 
cards so much as packages of cards and we got a lot of really powerful imp stuff that was shown the video yesterday i think um five cards that all go in the same deck like rafam is even if you get back four one ones if he's infused that is six mana for 18 18 in stats it's like yeah, it's a large number that's that is a very large number it's there's a lot going on here they very clearly want us to play the one drop the one three that gets uh that gets plus attack for all the imps that you have the two mana location if you curve that into fiendish circle that's three one ones and a six six uh there's the two mana impending catastrophe that draws a card and then draws another one for each imp you control uh that is probably going to be a draw four fairly frequently yeah powerful early game effects very powerful i mean that's what makes me think like the the zoo type deck could really work is the fact that that two drop exists that draws per imp on your board so that all of a sudden it it could be the sprint but even if you're drawing three cards for two because you have two imps on the board like on turn three that's ridiculous right like that's like you are continuing to like like get that fuel for like the zoo type board so like i think it's a really really cool card yeah i'm really curious to see how the kind of zoo token style warlock does i think it's going to be especially interesting considering that it feels like we haven't had a kind of aggressive warlock in a little while so it's going to feel like slightly shocking i think to uh <laughs> to yeah. have an aggressive warlock it and maybe I that's mean, just we have I... Murloc Warlock. The problem is yeah. that like it kind of was it, bad. Yeah. So it, like it didn't really we haven't had a really not long. bad one. Well, I mean they buffed a bunch of cards and it was okay. Yeah. But anytime you play that deck, you're like, I'd rather be playing <laughs> not, not this. this. <laughs> yes. I've yep. not played that 100%. deck, so <laughs> yeah. You're you're not missing much. You're not missing much. I, I mean, somebody, I'm fine. I've got my somebody that was in rooting from that deck. So yeah. <laughs> As somebody that was rooting for Murloc Warlock, it did not it did not actually work as well as 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 I had hoped. Yeah, you know, I mean Zoo is one drops and Murloc Warlock felt more like Paladin where you made really, really big minions often in your hand with hand right. buff. But that's right. not what I'm playing Zoo for. I'm playing Zoo for Flame and Voidwalker, which are both back in standard, as Broad intended. I want to play a lot of one-drops. <laughs> I want to go wide. I want to life tap when I'm out of cards. I want to recover from board clears by playing more crap. And then I want to kill you. And so we have all that stuff. Also, people have forgotten Shady Bartender is still in standard. Yeah. So Imp Zoo has an arbor up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot so of good I'm... cards here. <laughs> the 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 other the sorry the other legendary that I really want to jump on actually is Necrolord Draka. It seems like like I I've become more of a rogue player in recent years, and I and I love um, one of the things early on in my Hearthstone career is you'd always get these rogue legendaries that were really tough to evaluate because they had some really weird battle crime mechanic or they they did something that required some sort of combo or some sort of setup or something like that and this just looks like a really good card and the anime the the artwork on the card looks great and i'm just the 
out of out of a lot of these cards, I think this is one of the legendaries I'm like really excited about trying to pull very early on and be able to uh, play right away in the new expansion. It is. This is just damage. Yeah. <laughs> I like damage. Da- damage is good. I've heard. I've heard you like damage. Ah. <laughs> uh. I think, I mean, I think this is just straight up good. It's something, I mean, and look at with, you know, the Sinstone graveyard that goes with it. Um, and then, you know, the, the three cards we have for Rogue really kind of all synergize. It's got that one, one cost, Door of Shadows, draw a spell, infuse two, add a temporary copy of it to your hand. The, uh, before we started, Hat was talking about, you know, to be good, Rogue needs some one cost spells. Uh, Door of Shadows is a really good one cost spell. It draws a card, potentially gives you a second copy of it, and then all of a sudden you're getting a giant dagger, and then you're getting a giant stealth ghost, too. Like, it everything's coming up rogue with what what we've seen so far so i think that they have a lot of potential here with with at least these three cards and that legendary is just unabashedly good like it's just it just seems like it will fit because i mean how many times like especially when it, it could be great later in the game it could be a tempo tool earlier on but like Especially with, you know, if you get scabs down, you get the built-in prep. And then, I don't know, I just I just think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot that can be done with, with that in a very short period of time. And it's flexible, it seems like. It's good earlier, it's good later. It's a good weapon regardless of when you play it, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah, it's... We still have a lot of rogue cards to see, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, these are all, they're still trying to push for some board-based stuff, but rogue has more stealth than they've had in a while with Ajar and Vessel and Shroud of Concealment and uh, and now with the Sinstone Graveyard, and Draka's fairly off-board, but you're still, the setup cards, you have to play some stuff to set this up, uh, and both of them take a little bit of work, and they're going to need some draw beyond just Door of Shadows, and they're going to need some minions because Door of Shadows isn't really draw unless you infuse it. So I'm really curious about how the kit comes together, but it at least looks like it was designed by people who know what rogue players are looking for, which is let me do a bunch of stuff and then hit them in the face. And so we have the we have the end game that I'm looking for. If we have the support tools, I'll be very happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely really interested to see what other rogue cards get revealed along with these. But... Uh... It, it's a really interesting card, and I think even just looking at uh, looking at this like on its own, it still feels like an okay card. Like even if you didn't play a bunch, or even if you only play one other card, like I, I kind of like you that. Pointed because, out to two, three, like that's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think just cards that have that kind of flexibility that still feel okay, even if you don't get like the huge payoff. Or you can spend time like setting it up and, and doing that. I just for me, I really love that kind of flexibility in cards. So I'm kind of excited for this. And uh, you know, we've had some really great portraits too. So like Rogue has gotten some cool portraits. Priest has gotten some cool portraits. And like 
maybe I'm gonna play some more of those classes because uh, cool portraits and cool cards makes me want to play more classes. And that feels like an A plus for me when looking at cards. Speaking of... This also, this looks like a rogue deck that will start the game with a rogue portrait, which is pretty cool, a new and exciting thing that we're trying to do. And that means you get to play with Garona, who has that cool, like, entry animation. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Wait, wait, no, I I haven't really seen a rogue that started as a rogue for quite some time. (laughs) I got Legend uh, this season with Quest Rogue, and you get to be a rogue right away. It's really fun. (laughs) Big fan. I'm, I'm not familiar with the concept, but I, I can imagine <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned one other class there, Don, and one class I know I'm excited about is Priest. And boy, howdy, does Pelagos really look like it's going to uh, be there to do some work. He's a three man of one six. With it reads, after you, ca- uh, after you cast a spell on a friendly minion, set its attack and health to the higher of the two. Wow. <laughs> if only Priest liked giving things a lot of extra health. <laughs> um, yeah, this, se- this reminds me of um, High Priestess Amet. Like that kind of thing where it like, is like that health buff and... All of a sudden, it makes a serpent wig that much more deadly, and like those lower caught or those lower attack, higher health minions, like a treasure guard. All of a sudden, if you have this on board with a treasure guard, becomes this, and one serpent wig, it becomes a, a seven seven. Every time you buff health, it becomes that much higher. So it's it's basically every time you play serpent, um. Serpent wig with this on the board, your spells become blessed as well, right? Because it it's you're probably gonna have higher health, and then all of a sudden, health and um, health and attack match. Uh, so, and I believe uh, as it reads, it works on him as well. So he because he's he, he turned four. He's an eight eight. <laughs> Like you can serpent wig him on turn turn eight or turn four eight eight turn four seems like a good a good a good minion to have. How how do you guys uh this one give anyone any anxiety? <laughs> no sir, no sir. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't don't. I don't like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get blown out of the water by this. I guarantee you. Like, I will actually like, get, believe Where are that- your smothering starfishes? <laughs> get your smothering starfishes, you'll be fine. Get your snowfall guardians, you'll be fine. Get your solid alibis, you'll be fine. It's If you want a metagame to get more powerful than what we have right now, you got to print powerful cards. Yes. I like the Amit comparison. This is somewhere between Amit and somewhere between a bunch of blesses. Yeah, it lets your unchecked early board snowball out of control if Priest gets buffs going. But what unchecked early board doesn't get out of control? If you yeah. leave an, an early board to just do whatever it wants, you're probably going to lose. This might make it faster, a little flashier, <laughs> but you know, it's a good the, card. It loses to Starfish, just like every other priest deck. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's fine. The the six health on this thing kind of scares me. Uh, trying to remove this thing is going to be a nightmare, and it's probably not going to get played unless it gets to 
like go and do something ridiculous uh, the turn it gets yeah. played. Turn three, Pelagos coin, Shadowward Devour, make a 10 10. Like, yeah. that's going to be strong. It's going to be powerful. I, you'll have to play non damage based removal most of the time. Um, I, I think this is going to make it, it's, if Wig Priest exists, but I have Pelagos in the location, I suddenly don't need to draw Wig to avoid playing an arena deck. I actually have right. other cards that do things. I'm about that. <laughs> I like that a yeah, lot no. because I'm tired yeah. of Wig Priest just being wig or nah um but you know this could be an early game blowout it's also it's counterintuitive how he works with his ascended spell boon of the ascended because you'd think when you look at boon of the ascended the other new card that was revealed four mana give a minion plus two health and then you summon a kirin with its stats and taunt when you play this on a pelagos you get a one eight taunt and then pelagos becomes an eight eight because pelagos is an after effect you would normally think this makes an eight eight taunt and he becomes an eight eight First, no, that's gross. Second of all, Pelagos is an after effect, so the stats, he doesn't nudge the other stat until after the spell is done resolving. Well, you just have to serpent wing him, wing him or uh, devour him first, right? <laughs> then you play this. Yes, and then it's quite powerful. Ah. <laughs> uh. I, I I can see all the perspectives of like, yeah, when when these cards kind of get out early and they snowball, it's going to be gross. But at the same time, I mean, any deck, like not even just Priest, like, like I was saying, but like any deck that has early game stuff or is allowed to do its big swing or its big powerful thing and unanswered, it's going to feel gross. So uh, we'll see. But I do kind of like these feel more board based. It feels more tempo based. It feels more like, I don't know, like this is the kind of style of deck that I feel like I want to play. I, I'm not typically somebody who likes playing the slower kind of more control style decks and, and, you know, the hero power pass type of thing. These are more cards that like I could see me playing and I'm kind of excited for that. I'm gonna do it. Wait. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna make uh, I'm gonna make daring and wicked good really excited when I say that I'm actually looking forward to playing some priest. <laughs> I mean, I'm shocked. To, to be to be fair, I actually think that I would like the wig priest deck right now if it didn't feel so bad when you don't draw the wigs, and so having yeah. some of these additional tools to build your deck so that you aren't just live and die by the wig. Um, you know, might get me to try playing it and and a little bit more than than I have before because I've I've tried a couple times and and like it feels like I am I'm not the gamer that draws wild growth on two back when that was a thing. I am definitely not the guy that draws wig and has an early wig blow up turn. Um, and when when I'm when I'm trying to play wig priest, so. Yeah, it's, I don't know if Wiggood would approve, like he would begrudgingly approve, but this isn't the kind of priest that he plays. This has minions and pressure and stats and all that. That's not what he's there for. He's there to, yeah. to for you to do this <laughs> and then fair. for him to whirlpool you and then for you to think about your life decisions while you hover over the concede button. That's the kind of priest he's looking for. I mean, I, I'm but, of the yeah. same mind. I, I uh, You want to do things? I'd like to say, no, you can't. <laughs> Starfish priest. It'll be a thing. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> One of these days. Starfish everywhere. 
<laughs> so is there another? It'll be a good day one card. No, yeah, for so 100%. Is... So is there another suspect or or something that has been revealed in the last week that you're really excited about or want to play there, Dragon Rider? Okay, even though we got the Hunter Legendary, which is pretty sweet, I, I actually want to talk about Red Herring, which is a neutral minion. It's a beast. It's a 7 mana, 312 with Taunt. And it says, your non-red herring minions have stealth. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go, how effective it's actually going to be. But just the idea that there's this giant fish that gives all your other minions stealth, I just find hilarious. And, uh, and the fact and like that it has permanent, and it's per And it's permanent stealth until the herring dies. They mm -hmm. can attack yeah. and then they're still in stealth. Yeah. Which is great. Because <laughs> he's a red herring. Very strange card. <laughs> really weird. Yeah, it, it's a weird feeling card, but like, it's very intriguing. And it, it caught my attention when, when I saw it and was like, huh, is this going to be used? No, this is bad, right? No, no, people will find a spot for this. Will they? No, I don't know. Like, it just has such an interesting, like, stat line, and the effect is so interesting that, like, I just, I really want to keep my eye on this one. I, I Again, I don't know if it's actually going to be all that, like, effective, if it's going to be played in a ton of decks, but it just has such a cool effect, and I don't know if we've really seen stuff like this before, and uh, I'm, I'm just really intrigued. I mean... He's he's he gets everything else stealth, but he also has taunt. So like right. most of the time, yeah. anyways, you are going to be able to get to it without dealing with him first, anyways. So like, I saw uh, someone in uh, <laughs> uh, shadow in chat was like, "It'll be a nasty card in arena." I think it will. I I mean, it's a very cool design card. I like it. The pun is real with this one, <laughs> and its effect makes me giggle, but I don't, you know. <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun card, right? It's not yeah. not one of the cards you're like, this is going to define my deck. You're just like, this is the card you look at. You're like, hee, hee, hee. And then you read the flavor text, and you go, hee, 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 again. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fairycraft stream. I'm gonna play this, and every time I see it, I'm just gonna go yep. hee hee hee. <laughs> okay. Red, red hair, red herring. Uh, Theorycraft deck. We want to see it. Dragon Rider. I, I actually, I want to play this in Hunter with uh, Harpoon yeah. Gun, and I can play this for four mana. Yeah. So like. What's interesting here is that you get to dictate the order that your opponent attacks, because even though they're going to kill this first, they have to kill this first. If you've got a mountain bear behind this, mountain bear has stealth, they can't attack the mountain bear. So you get to say, you have to kill red herring first, then mountain bear, then whatever else. So you get to tell your opponent the order they have to attack your stuff. And that's... We haven't had that before. Emergency maneuvers on two, harpoon gun on three, red herring on four. You're going to get... you're going to get herring back... The stuff that sticks around. If I have a Slither Spear with Ramming Mount on it behind this, you can't target that minion. I'm going to kill your stuff with my immune minion, and you can't target it because that's stealth forever. It's a really, really big and fishy shroud of uh, the, the robes of protection. Really, really big robes of protection. Mm -hmm. But they can't target it. They can't stop the thing with the Ramming Mount that's living underneath the herring. 
and emergency maneuvers means the red herring comes right back. I don't know. I th- it's interesting. We haven't had this before. I'd like to see what's going on here. Yeah. Although maybe you do red herring into gangster ramming mount. Maybe that's the dream. Red herring on four, gangster ramming mount on five, stealth forever. Six damage to any minion <laughs> that gets played with the mute. I don't that yeah. that would I want to see that on the theory crafting stream. I want to see that. Yes. Ah. Oh. <laughs> uh, Any I, other cards that'd be that fun. somebody the, wanted to uh, talk about? The card that has me nervous is the stone right. The card by itself, the new shaman legendary, uh, four mana, five, four, battle cry for the rest of your game, for the rest of games, your totems have plus two attack. I, uh, I was That's not right. A- they they won't do it. They won't give any other totem Ex- support. So it's Ex- it's just fine. Exactly. What 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 was I thinking? There's not flame tongue and you know mana tide or anything like that. You know, there's not other totems. They haven't had weapons that multiplied in spells that just buff totems to nothingness. So I don't have anything. That there's not Bolner Macaw on the immediate next turn. Yeah. Not, not, what am I worried about? What? <laughs> How could this go wrong? You, you can't. You I couldn't just do, brand, yeah. brand, brand stone right on turn seven or turn six, right? That's not a possibility. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I I've liked various flavors of totem shaman that we've had in the history of our stone. And it has been a while since we've had one. Uh, we've come close uh, in the more recent future in sta- or past in standard, but it it, it really has been a, a fair while. And so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if we actually can get a a totem shaman deck going. But this seems like a really nice card for that that kind of deck. Yeah, it's got acceptable stats on turn it's got an aggressive stat line on turn four uh you could ask school teacher how it feels about it being a five four for four <laughs> too soon <laughs> i miss school teacher to be fair i miss five four school teacher anyways but i think this is i i don't know what other support there is i can't remember what's in uh the core set right now, but still, this just has a lot of potential looking at it on the surface that this could be a good card and enable, to- you know, sh- uh, Totem Shaman. So, which kind of has me nervous <laughs> as more of a control player. So, I mean, if you're a control player, you want people to go wide early, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing that you're looking for. It's. When you end up printing cards like this, and you end up printing cards like, say, Mr. Smite as an example, what you're doing is you're telling players, there's going to be pressure on board, there's going to be damage from hand, and the way that you stop it is removal, life gain, and taunt. You want people to effectively be able to compete with removal, life gain, and taunt, because that means that you have a bunch of board-based games, and you attack and defend on the seven slots in the middle of the screen, as opposed to entirely from hand. Where if there's a lot of powerful combo stuff and from hand damage, like Garot Rogue, for example, it doesn't matter how much taunt, healing, and uh, and removal that you have because they never play to the board. It doesn't matter. So you end up just having to race all the time. 
you'd rather have cards like this than have Evolve Shaman, which we also have in the same set, because then you just make a big thing you can't deal with. Um, I, I'm happier to see this kind of effect be pushed mm-hmm. than something that's like a Doomhammer support. You yes. don't want to see Doomhammer support as a control player. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm kind of interested with this one. I think, uh, obviously, we, we don't know all of the cards yet. I'm sure there's going to be at least a, a little bit more support for totem stuff, right? But uh, this feels like some of the Silverhand Recruit type stuff that we've had, where, like, you know, when you summon the Silverhand Recruits, they get some effects. Those type of decks haven't felt like they've stuck around for very long and they don't feel like they were super prevalent but i think it depends on how they're going to do it but i do find it interesting that they are kind of incorporating this like for shaman we have you know this right the stone rife with adding attack to totems there's going to be evolved stuff in mage we've seen that whole package of the the skeletons and then in Paladin for this set, we're seeing kind of the packages um, revolving around like buffing Silverhand recruits. And uh, I just, I kind of like those themes. So, you know, I've played a ton of like, you know, back in the day, like the dude Paladin and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've played a ton of the iterations of Totem Shamans. So I'm kind of really looking forward to these. I, I like. I already feel like there's so many decks that I want to play. <laughs> we we don't know all the cards, but I'm like I'm so ready. I just I see things like this and they get me excited and I want to try stuff. But we'll we'll see how it actually goes. Uh, it makes me miss Thunderbluff Valley, <laughs> which I haven't seen yep. in a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, such a fun card. Uh, the o- the only card that makes me miss Inspire. <laughs> So Phase Stalker. Phase Stalker makes me miss Inspire. Didn't have Inspire okay. in the card, but you no. know what you were doing. Yeah. Inspire recruit a secret. Didn't yeah. say either, but it did both. <laughs> uh, so Hat, do you have a card that has come out in the last week that, that you're really interested in or really excited about that that you're looking and want to play early early in the expansion? It's the rogue cards. Dwayne. Sure. It's the rope. Yeah, All I mean, I want to play that, that figures, that tracks, that tracks. Yeah. Beyond the rope cards, I am curious, 8 a.m. tomorrow, I won't be awake at 8 a.m., but it'll be out by the time that I wake up, Um, the, we're going to see Relic DH on Fino's stream. I want to know what's going on with Relic DH. Yeah. I want to know what a Relic is. I know I get to double them twice, but I don't know anything else. So I'd like to know the other stuff, and also I'm curious because Demon Hunter has wormed its way into my heart, as at this point I can honestly say after Rogue, probably my second favorite class overall, I got to 1k Demon Hunter wins before I got to 1k Paladin wins, Uh, and Paladin was at 950 or above for about the past six months, so, you know. Paladin's taking a while for me to get through, but Demon Hunter, I just play whenever I got the chance to play it. I want to see what's going on there, because I don't know anything about the Relic stuff, but I'm curious okay all right so i think that wraps up our main topic so let us move on to the q a section where you guys can throw questions in chat and we will do our best to answer them (laughs) did we have any highlighted or from earlier or no okay no, I think the, the only one that uh, maybe we should just comment on while we're talking about this is uh, 
There was a question about infuse while the card is in hand. And yes, the, your infuse card does have to be in hand uh, for you to get that infuse effect when friendly minions die. Yes. Yeah. So it trying to, what is the comparison I'm trying to make? Um, there has been something else. Like, Blood Herald. Yeah. But which one was Blood Herald again? I'm sorry. Can't imagine why you can't remember that card. Five mana, one one uh, demon hunter, oh, hunter split yeah. card that gains plus one plus one. Yeah, when, yeah. <laughs> it was the low roll off Jandis and was completely unplayable. Yes, these cards are better than Blood Herald. Yes, they certainly are. I uh, can't imagine why I forgot about Blood Herald. <laughs> oh god, that card! That yeah. card was terrible. Um, yeah, it's like a fixed corridor creeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fell Guardians. Yeah, Corridor Creeper was the the big one I was thinking of because like, yeah. But did yeah yeah the Corridor Creeper had to be in your hand to get the discount. So, right. But it cared about enemy minions and Infuse doesn't because they realized that it was broken. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why they made it a two five, right? <laughs> Remember when that thing was a five five? <laughs> Yeah, it was in every <laughs> At a time when uh, it was a seven cost when Odd Paladin was a thing. <laughs> okay. right. I'm sorry. Here we go. To, to yes. kick off our Q&A, I think I have a question for all of you. Okay. And we'll say, if you've ever, for the theme of this, of course, right? Murder mystery, kind of whodunits. If you've seen any type of murder mystery stuff, played anything related to it, any whodunits, what would you say is your favorite or what type of thing did you watch or read or play that uh, that you enjoyed relating to this theme? Hmm. So the movie clue stands out, of course, but uh, I, you know, we're all fans of that. Um my wife got me into an old television series. She loves this stuff, but I've been watching a lot of Columbo lately. And Columbo is a fantastic show where it's secretly a, a blue-collar class struggle show where, like, it's always Columbo dealing with rich people with ridiculous accents. And it, it's set in the 60s and 70s, so it's a very different vibe than, you know, a lot of people smoking and the way that women are spoken to is very different. But um, but generally, the show is it's not a whodunit. It's a how catch them because you find out who did the crime and how they did it right away at the start of the episode. And then Columbo was the detective as to figure out how do I prove it when the audience already knows what happened. Columbo doesn't, but he he knows his mark right away. Love the show. Fantastic. So really been a fan of that lately. Do you have anything, Mage? (laughs) No, I, I... I, I am all about actually the board game clue. I, I am a huge fan of playing the board game. And yes, the movie was fantastic that, um, but I, I remember countless, countless times playing, playing the board game and, and being one of the first games I would, I would, um, want to play if, if, if there was a board game night at, at home. So what? that in my my warped mind one of the things that comes that like reaches out to me is like um hp lovecraft and like 
like Call of Cthulhu kind of thing, like that kind of murder mystery, but that's not kind of the, the murder mystery we're dealing with with just like aliens and otherworldly demons and monsters. Like, so it's kind of a little bit different, but like I go to like horror on the Orient Express, like, which is different than murder on the Orient Express. So like, I don't know. That's where my mind goes. I was just like, I was like, what other like mysteries? Cause like, I like the concept. Like this is a very cool, like, clue and i'm sure i've played other board games based around similar themes but i i can't come up with much more than like just i'm just thinking of call of cthulhu like the 1920s like who done it but it was just an elaborate it was the cultist it was always the cultist trying to awaken some other god and make their way to riley you know <laughs> uh I think uh, for me, I mean, I, I talked earlier already about uh, obviously played a lot of the board game Clue when we made our own expansion and all that. Uh, like, I also grew up um, reading a ton of like Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, uh, both, you know, I loved both. But, you know, those are a big thing. Played some like Nancy Drew computer games, uh, you know, even things like the... Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That was kind of like a, a mystery type oh, thing. What a great <laughs> yeah. game. Love yep. that game. Those, Very cool. Uh, let's see. More recently, you have Knives Out, I think was a great like whodunit type movie. Um, and even then just like unsolved mysteries, like in unsolved you know murder cases, cold files, like those type of documentaries and stuff. Like I love watching those. Um and uh, e even things on, like, watching documentaries and even, like, uh, oh, gosh, now I'm totally drawing a blank on the name. She does, um, like, makeup and murder on YouTube. Super large YouTuber. Um, she does her makeup, like, while she explains uh, all about, like, serial killers. And she does a specific story every time. Like, I, I got into big into that. Bailey Sarian? Yes. Bailey Sarian. That's what it is. Yes freaking love her <laughs> but like that whole thing like i don't know i've just i've always loved that kind of stuff so i don't know for me it's there's a ton of different uh murder mystery and whodunit type content out there that uh i don't know just fascinates me and uh i'm super excited for this expansion yeah the vibe hits the vibe definitely hits yeah. <laughs> So I don't see any other Q&A questions at this moment of time. So shall we take it to the poll question? Dragon Rider, uh, since we can obviously hear Mage is still feeling a little under the weather this week, can you go give us our poll question? Yeah, sure. So this week we want to know, We've talked about kind of the, the meta in general, some cards coming up, how they relate to the meta and the types of decks that are going to be played. Do you want to see a board-based meta continue in Murder at Castle Nathria? We'll have a couple options for you. Yes? No? Or are you maybe not sure? Let us know. All right. Um, and as we wrap up, 
You can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show, Dr3HS at gmail.com. You can follow um, our top pin tweet, and that will take you to the Dr3 Discord. And you can find myself on Twitter at Daring Alkaline and Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Daring Alkaline, all one word. Uh, Hat, you're our guest. Where, where, and the one of the million places can people find you? <laughs> oh gosh, you listed on the stream. It makes me look deranged. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tweet a lot. Twitter.com slash ridiculous hat. You can find me in whatever Hearthstone Discord you're in. I just, I'm probably there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three Hearthstone podcasts. Three. Uh, Coin Concede, making pet side of the game more accessible to you over at coinconcede.com. The Data Reaper podcast, we take a high uh, data-driven look at the high-level standard metagame over at viciousyndicate.com. And the Angry Chicken, take a, uh, a broad look at the average player's Hearthstone experience over on uh, uh, amove.tv or at TAC Podcast on Twitter. What about the rest of you? Where can I find you? Dragon Rider, you next. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Donnie DK. That's D A W N I E D K. And Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider DK. Uh, you can find videos coming out on my YouTube every Wednesday and Saturday at noon Mountain Time, consistently on a schedule at a specific time. Yeah, consistency. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. <laughs> uh, and yes, like we just announced earlier, you saw, saw it on Twitter. I will be participating in the morning, uh, the early Theorycraft stream on Thursday, the 21st. So super excited for that. And a huge shout out to Alkali and the rest of the crew over there at, at uh, Team 5 and getting all that together and getting me invited. I'm excited. Awesome. Look forward to that. And Mage, take us home. Sure. You can find me talking about Hearthstone, D&D, and other uh, games that I play at Mage Death. You can hear me talk about Marvel, the MCU, and Marvel Comics over at, at Comics Over Time. We're releasing, as you hear this, You are. we released episode two with our review of Thor Love and Thunder which was a lot of fun and would definitely suggest that it's 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 worth seeing. And if you'll indulge me, I have a very, very quick little story and shout-out here at the end that I want to do. Uh, friend of, of all of Hearthstone, Ben Hearthstone, uh, messaged me last week while I was just finishing up my, my lunch, and he asked if I wanted to do a challenge of friend quest real quick was what he said and um so i agreed and uh i picked the first deck that came to mind a really fast deck uh and i picked murloc shaman and the game starts and he plays warlock uh prince renathal and i start to give him some crap about the fact that he's playing a renathal deck and warlock uh play in, in a friendly challenge and then I proceed to turn five, kill him by going absolutely ballistic with a perfect curve into double um, the the double uh, war leader. No, the um, the give your Murlocs plus one plus one, or give give your minions oh, plus no one fin. plus one. 
and the, yeah. So, and yeah, so it was, it was gross. And it turns out he was playing this, uh, 40 card, all legendary wild, um, deck. And, and so like I, I saw on turn three, I saw snip snap and I'm like, I, it didn't even dawn on me that what was going on. And then, and then, yeah, so I killed him very quickly and felt really bad about it when he told me what deck he was playing. And so, um, hat tip to you, Ben, I will definitely play something a lot funner and a lot more, um, less meta if, if, and when we get a chance to play again. But I, I thought I would share it real quick on the podcast. All right. Um, so, uh, ridiculous hat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for stopping by for episode 160. We really appreciate and know your schedule is busy. We had to kind of work out a real specific time to get this in, but thank you for making it for us. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for staying, staying up late for me. Um, and uh, Dwayne, thanks for not dying, but coming close and being here anyway. Really appreciate that. And to everyone else, thank you for listening. And as always, you've been listening to Dr. Three.